This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Well, hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to The Morning Bulletin, a new podcast on the Blood Red channel that we're aiming to produce every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, basically the weekdays when we don't record our main Blood Red show, rounding up the headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. I'll be joined by a guest on each of those days and we start today with Matt Addison. Good morning, Matt. Morning, mate. You okay? Yeah, not bad, not bad. This is a record for the earliest podcast we've ever recorded, but we do live in strange times. Yes, definitely. It's uh... Uh, a new time for, for people, of course. No uh, real commutes for, for that many people at the moment. So, uh, yeah, certainly uh, news bulletin every morning, I think, is, is one that will go down well. Hopefully so, yeah. If you're sticking a brew on or having your breakfast at this moment in time, hopefully it'll pass 10, 15 minutes of your time while we wrap up those big headlines that we were talking about then. And we'll start with probably the biggest of the lot overnight. That was first reported in the Liverpool Echo's sister paper, The Minimat. Yes, Felipe uh, Coutinho um, is obviously a, a name that, that Liverpool have been linked with a number of times over the last few years, but uh, the Daily Mirror reporting that Liverpool have no interest in him. and It's not really a, a massive surprise. Uh, certainly, it's something that we've reported on a few times that you know it, it's unlikely that, that Liverpool would ever go back to him, but uh, they are absolutely definitive and more interestingly than the fact that Liverpool are not interested in him is the fact that several other Premier League teams will be. Yeah, and it does feel like if he does come back to the Premier League, he's going to come back to a, a top six rival, it sounds. Yeah, um, Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal and Tottenham all being linked with him, which, uh, again, not a, a massive surprise, obviously, a player of his standard and, and sort of the, the fee that he would demand. And uh, I think it, it's pretty clear that it's not gone very well for him at Barcelona. He doesn't seem to be enjoying his time there obviously gone out to Bayern Munich and again not really gone the way that he would have wanted it to I think it's 120 million euros that, that they'd have to pay to, to bring him in on a permanent deal which you know given the way it's gone in the Bundesliga for him this season you know by all accounts he's done okay but, but not been absolutely at that level where you would say that particularly for a club like Bayern which doesn't have maybe as big a resources as the two Spanish clubs and the Premier League as well. But for them to spend that sort of money, I think, would be a huge ask. So it doesn't look likely that uh, that he's going to be ending up uh, staying at Bayern Munich. Obviously, then the Premier League comes into the equation. And I think for, for Liverpool fans, it might be slightly hard to, to stomach seeing him go to a, a Premier League rival, but particularly if it does end up being Manchester United. I don't know how likely that is to be the case. And... Uh, I think for for me, a little interesting line at the end of Dave Maddox's story was that Leicester could be a possibility for him. Obviously, worked with Brendan Rodgers to, to good effect at times. I think he moved up to a different level under Jurgen Klopp. But you think back to that 2013-14 season and Suarez was the big name for, for Liverpool. But certainly there was several others, Raheem Sterling, Jordan Henderson and, and Felipe Coutinho was one of those who was maybe not the, the absolute star for Liverpool, but certainly... You know, plenty of, of big performances and, and showed what he could do. And I think if uh, if Leicester could pull that off, it would be obviously a, a fantastic signing for them. It would be uh, an interesting one. How likely that is, I'm not too sure. But yeah, it, it's going to be uh, another interesting summer. And I'm sure it's it's a story that obviously with the, the, the Liverpool connections, we'll keep an eye on it very, very closely. We certainly will. And one that's, that's probably one player who's not coming back to Anfield. But there's also reports from Team Talk this morning that there'll be a player leaving Anfield this summer, which may not come as too big a surprise, but maybe some of the names he's been linked with will be. 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, Dan Lovren being that player that, uh, that Liverpool obviously very nearly lost last summer. I think it was AS Roma put in a bid for him, and, and in the in the end, that didn't quite go through. But uh, yeah, Arsenal, Tottenham, Palace, and West Ham reportedly all interested in him, which. To be honest, I think uh, certainly the, the first two of those names, Arsenal and Tottenham, I think that's the, the sort of level that he should be should be aiming for. And I think it's it's probably fairly likely, to be fair, that, that, that Lovren moves on this summer, as I said, having come so close to, to leaving um, at this point last um, this point last year, uh, potentially heading into this summer. He's not played as much as maybe he would like for, for the time of his career. I think it, it's not the time to be... On the bench, he needs to be getting as, as many minutes as he can as, <clears throat> as he ticks towards um, sort of the, the early 30s period of, of his career. And I think, you know, a, a move to, to one of those London sides, staying in England and, and probably probably with all of those teams, to be honest, playing week in, week out, getting regular football, I think that could be could be very appealing to him. I think probably Arsenal and Tottenham are, are more likely than Palace or, or West Ham just because of obviously the, the status and, and the potential European football. But Certainly, it'd be uh, be interesting to see where he does end up, and I think the the big thing there is is it, it's sort of a, a reminder of the sort of depth and, and quality that Liverpool have got in their squad because he's he's very much Liverpool's fourth choice centre back. But you, you talk about those four Premier League teams that he's been linked with, and I think he he walks into the, the starting eleven certainly of three of those, and, and probably of Tottenham as well. And for, for Liverpool to have a player on their books with with Gomez, with Matip, and, and Van Dijk all ahead of him, who you would say slot straight into to any of those teams. I think just goes to show, you know, the, the level that Jurgen Klopp's squad is at at the moment. Definitely, it's interesting, isn't it? We've not got any football at the moment, so we probably won't have any for a fair few weeks to come yet. But it will not stop the transfer gossip from flowing. Uh, two examples are there, and I'm sure we'll have plenty more examples in the coming weeks, days, and weeks, and including on this morning bulletin. But. Uh, we're obviously going to be talking a lot about when the actual football is going to return. And there's, there's two instances uh, here we're going to talk about. First, from the Mail overnight, we're, we're hearing a lot about different scenarios, when Premier League, when the EFL, when football around the globe is going to return. But the, the Mail have come out with an interesting one last night. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, lots of, of plans sort of being put into place. And the, the story that they've got overnight was that the Premier League wants to get it done before July the 12th. Um, unsurprisingly linked to, to the financial aspect of that, which is, is obviously so important for these Premier League clubs. And they are businesses. We, we do sort of forget that sometimes with, uh, with fans and sort of that sort of side of it being put first. But certainly with the, the figures being talked about, I think Premier League clubs, uh, the Mail are reporting, if the season does go over the 12th of July, it would then put sort of the television money into doubt and certainly Sky Sports and, and BT Sport who broadcast in the UK uh, would be looking for a rebate on their money because of course they wouldn't have got that the, the games that they pay so much I think it's, it's something like £10 million per game so they would stand to lose about £750 million should those matches not be played before July the 12th so you can see why it's, it's so important for the Premier League to get you know to get to get those games on whether that's behind closed doors or, or whatever I think financially it's it's going to be huge for them to try and put a plan in place which which sort of accommodates for that and certainly the the uh, the broadcasters from from what the report states unsurprisingly are pushing for that to be the case because we know that they fought so long and so hard to get these matches they've each year and, and with each television deal that the money goes up and up and up and 
it's so so important for them to to get their value for money, if you like, for that. So um, yeah, the, the Premier League conference call we think is on on Friday, so we should hopefully find out a little bit more then. And as always, money is going to be king, so I would imagine there'll be a, a little bit more news on Friday once the, the Premier League clubs come back together again. And you know, certainly we've seen the, the deadline being pushed back. I think from the, the start of April to the end of April, and at the very least on Friday, you'd imagine that deadline is going to be pushed back again, if not something more substantial, you know, being put into place. But how easily that can be done at this stage, because there's still so much uncertainty and so many things to plan out. I don't know, but certainly we wait for, for Friday and wait for more news and, and let's just see what happens. Yeah, we certainly will. We'll be across that Premier League meeting or conference call on the Liverpool Echoes website and on Blood Red as well. And just to, to clarify with that mail story, the, the ambitious plan they're suggesting that it will be behind closed doors and it will start on the first weekend of May. And there seems to be an acceptance that when football does return in this country, it will be without supporters, which is... It's tragic, but understandable given the circumstances. But it, it it will be particularly bittersweet for Liverpool fans because we all know just two wins away from the Premier League title. It's going to happen. When football returns, it will happen. But unfortunately, it may not happen in front of supporters. It'll be joyous when it does, you know, in the, the weeks and months after that. But at the moment, it does look like it will be behind supporters. It's just our final story today. There was a plan in place, according to the Mirror, that would have made that uh, rendered that irrelevant it, it sounds like the Mirror was suggesting that Liverpool they wanted Liverpool's title coronation to be brought forward yeah uh, again a story that makes complete sense to be honest when you think back to a couple of weeks before the, the break took place and you know Liverpool were six points and, and remained six points away from winning the Premier League title of course if they'd have beaten Everton at Goodison Park on that Monday night they would have been gone into that Crystal Palace game on the Saturday knowing that a win would have brought them the Premier League title. So it makes perfect sense, I think, that the Premier League sort of had had, had those discussions to say, look, the, we don't know when it's going to happen, but, but football is going to have to be paused at some point. And then, of course, if that was to be the case and, and if they could have played those two games, it would have made sense for, for Liverpool, had they won both of those games, to then be allowed to lift that Premier League trophy. Of course, normally... Uh, when Manchester City, for example, won the Premier League with, with several games to go a couple of seasons ago, they had to wait until the final day. But I think the, the Premier League were, were sensible in, in suggesting, as this report says, that you know that the, they would have allowed Liverpool to have it on that Saturday night. But of course, you know that was uh, in the end never going to happen just because of, of how quickly the situation escalated. And I think that just underlines that, to be honest, I think. The fact that they were even thinking that and then a couple of days later, of course, had to postpone everything and we've not been back since and don't look like going back either for certainly uh, another few weeks at the very earliest. So it just sort of makes it even more bittersweet in a way for, for Liverpool fans to know that the Premier League trophy and the Premier League title crowning was, was that that close. Obviously, they knew mathematically that that would have been the case, but... It could have been that, that on that Crystal Palace game, Jordan Henderson was, was celebrating, Anfield was full and, and Liverpool were crowned Premier League champions and, and then the, the pause could have come after that. So unfortunate timing in, in the way that it happened. But as you say, I think uh, Liverpool will eventually get their Premier League campaign back underway. And, and unfortunately, that might have to be behind closed doors. If that is the case, then you know, Liverpool will become Premier League champions. But you know certainly... It would have been better to, to have it this way. It would. 
Thanks very much, Matt, for joining us. But before we go, we're just going to have a quick look back at what happened on this day in years gone by. We're going to do it as a regular feature on the Morning Bulletin. Uh, on this day last year, Toby Alderweireld's injury time own goal gave Liverpool a priceless 2-1 victory over Tottenham and put them back on top of the Premier League. On this day two years ago, Mohamed Salah's 37th goal of the season earned Liverpool another late victory, another late 2-1 victory, I should say, this time at Crystal Palace. And on this day 13 years ago, Peter Crouch scored a perfect hat-trick. That's a left foot, right foot and a header as Liverpool put Arsenal to the sword 4-1 at Anfield Matt please say you're old enough to remember that last one <laughs> yeah it's just about yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah brilliant day brilliant hat-trick from Peter Crouch well that's all for the first edition of the Morning Bulletin we'll be back tomorrow and actually Matt and myself will be back later today for a special edition of the Academy show that you can hear on the Blood Red channel but in the meantime keep on keep an eye on the Liverpool Echo website for all the breaking news and if you've got a bit of spare time, please do check out the Blood Red video channel on YouTube too. Matt, thanks very much, mate. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.